Radio. I am Seth. I'm here with my co-host, Al. Al, good day, sir. Hey, it's great to be back. I'm looking forward to this episode. Amen. We've been talking about celebrating life. Please stay tuned. Well, Seth, but when you first mentioned that, I thought of celebration of life. You know, I have a friend at the school where I'm working, custodian, and he's going through some hard time. He lost a loved one, a family member, brother's wife passed away, and his wife is ailing right now. And so anyway, we had talked a little bit, and he had mentioned that there was going to be a celebration, or he didn't know what the word was, but he said there's going to be a service, and it's going to kind of talk about the life. I go, oh, a celebration of life? He goes, yeah, 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 that's it. And so when you first mentioned celebrate life, I thought that's one avenue a person could talk about because even in death, you know, it says in Song of Solomon that he says, put me as a seal upon your heart for love is stronger than death. Mm. And so it is when we come to the end of this life, it's the beginning of a new life, those that know Jesus. So that can be a celebration. How different it is to go to a funeral service or a celebration of life. And so, yes, that's definitely one avenue we could talk about, but I thought, kind of thought about that, and because I've been to celebrations of life, and we're sad at the passing of somebody, and that their presence isn't going to be around, that sort of thing. I think back when Tinker was here, and mm. he had come in as a resident, found the Lord, and then served for so many years, he and Amy, and so a lot of music, and so we miss him, and still do, but we also know where he's at, too. It's, this is not a mystery, as far as the believer goes, and so we, we celebrate that time that he was here, that he was able to find Jesus in that time, live a number of years serving him. That's a reason to celebrate. It is. Well, I have a couple of verses that God showed me today to share because I'm I'm not surprised you brought it up because God orchestrates these things. So we know the Proverbs 15.15 tells us that all the days of the afflicted are evil, but the cheerful of heart has a continuous feast. Mm. So we know that when we have Christ in our hearts, we have a continuous feast. But the joy also of life is knowing when it ends where we're going. Mm. And so John 15, 11 through 13, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this to lay down his life for one's friends. But Jesus also shares this with us, Al, that he is going to a place to prepare a home for us. Absolutely. And if it were not true, he would have told told us. This is your joy. These lives are troubling. The Bible says that the treasures we will receive are not worthy to be compared to this life. That if we hang on, if we push forward, if we get through this, our joy, like the joy of Christ, his joy was fulfilled when he died. He said he, he did these things. He suffered for the joy that was yet to come. And so we... That, kinda, and that joy set before him was a relationship with us. What greater amen. love is that? Amen. And so we, None. we have this life in service to him as Jesus had in service to to us, and we are to continue serving him and be faithful and trusting. And when we die, understand that we will see him. No, it can get confusing. I know you've mentioned 1 Corinthians 13, 12, where you talk about the mirrored glass. Mm-hmm. We only see in part, and we don't understand everything. And sometimes that's when we get hooked up in life. We know enough that it's still worthwhile. It, we know enough that it's, like you said, it's worthwhile if we hang on and we get through this and then we see him one day and we will know as we are fully known, we'll be able to understand these things. I guess there's a point I want to make. We all have problems in life. Yes, Al? Well, unfortunately, yes, right. but that's the, that's just the fact of the matter. From the poorest of the poor to the richest of the rich, yeah. we all have woes and sorrows and things that can put us in some pretty rough spots. 
as I was doing my Bible study this morning, I was kind of talking with the Lord, and something he pointed out to me, that if the homeless can learn to find joy in Christ, how much more so should those who are blessed by the Lord with the things that the homeless don't have? I mean, you, you have a home, Al. I have a home. You have a car. I have a car. You have income. I have income. And yet people who have none of those things are able to rejoice in Christ. And so sometimes that reminds me of two things. One, how much I am blessed by the Lord. And number two, I need to change my heart about some things. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to have stuff. I think Mm -hmm. you could probably echo, though, that we've been around long enough that there have been times where we didn't have the income. There have been times when we didn't have the cars that were reliable. Mm -hmm. There have been times when we have a place to live and then maybe not so much, we're not sure. So, I mean, I thought, you know, it was all about having a house and a car and, you know, owning that. But it's like, we don't have a house now. We rent. We rent. Mm-hmm. We're, but we're just as happy, if maybe not more. Mm. And so I, I feel like I want to provide for my wife if something happens to me. So I'm always kind of cognizant of that. However, the house isn't the most important thing. We've come to that point. Yeah. The car isn't either. There was a time I had some really nice cars, some nice muscle cars that were made back in the 60s. And, and so I've had a whole bunch of cars. You know, we can begin to talk about the number of cars that we've had. And I've had some good ones. And I've also had some that then I've come to the point where I'm like, you know what? I just want to get from point A to point B. Mm. And I love one of the residents taught Bible study for a long, for a number, or helped me out a little bit. Anyway, uh, Trey, I'm thinking of Trey. Mm. He's had, he had some cars and I loved it. He named his cars. And anyway, he had one, he goes, it's not my car though. And I was like, I remember just because he would use it to the glory of God. He'd give people rides. He remembered what it was like not to have a car and to be walking and then having a talk with God said, God, why do, why can't you give me a car? You know, it's like, I, I need one. And then yeah. sure enough, he got one. I remember he really used that for God's glory. Yes, he did. He gave rides everywhere. Yeah. And he's probably still doing that with his other one. Has your experience with the homeless given you a bigger perspective on what's important? I'll be honest with you. Before I got involved in the ministry, I was a keeping up with the Joneses kind of guy. You know, I had to have a nice car. I had to have that big TV because someone else had that big TV. Had to have a fast computer. I had all these things. And then as I'm up here working, and this is our fourth year here, and I'm seeing these folks without these things surviving, praising the Lord, living their lives. I'm like, wow, that really hit me personally out on where, where's my perspective? What's really important to me? Is it having these things or caring for people? It does have that effect on, on an individual when they get involved and choose to do so at, with Shelters by Jesus or other important ministries. So yes, my perspective on life has changed somewhat. I think when I became a Christian, though, God took away an appetite for, for that keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. And I'm, yeah. I, I don't know that I was ever in a position to do so. But I also, I'm going to give a little shout out to my wife who just started giving away stuff. And I'd be just like, she just, as quick as she gets something, she'll give it away. And I'm just like, good stuff too. I mean, I remember my pastor saying like, why do we give like the old worn out stuff, you know, to the shelters or what have you, or to donate the stuff that's all broke up, you know, missing pieces. But why not think of this? Give the best, you know? Well, my wife, we'll go out, we'll go shopping, we'll get something, be really good. A few weeks later, she'll be like, put this bag out here. We'll just give it to the shelter. And it's good stuff. And I'll just be like, what? But wait, wait, wait. That I remember. 
And just, I've just, I've just learned. I'm like, okay, you have a heart for the Lord, and I'm going to honor that. If you want to give it away, do so. We, I love to stop at a yard sale. Who doesn't? And so we'll go there, and it's, it's amazing. Like it's like the Holy Spirit will take over, and we'll be like, oh, there's something that someone from the shelter can use, or I know something. Silverware, for example, there's a need that's always ongoing here because mm. we give back to the community. We certainly feed residents here, but we invite anyone after like service, Sunday morning service, come on over, have a brunch with us Saturday evening, come on over after the service. You're not going to leave being, you'll, you'll be fulfilled anyway. With <laughs> Your stomach will be happy. But, you know, the sh- the silverware, always, we're always in need there. I think people get their places, you know, and they need some silverware. So they get, you yeah. know, maybe a setting of it. And so anytime we go to a yard sale, we're looking for lightly used blankets, silverware, that sort of thing. And if we see that, then we'll definitely, fans, I'm thinking, you know, because yeah. people, a lot of times, people get their own place. And so they're starting over in a lot of cases. We definitely have a pipeline of supplies here that they can get started on. And it's just an amazing, that hallway downstairs gets filled and then emptied almost every week with generosity of people. Yes, I guess in a long-winded answer. Yeah, the Lord has changed (laughs) changed my heart. And so we're giving back as as much as we can. And what a joy it is, though. Well, right. So that's that's my point, right, Al? And the reason I'm saying this, some people might be going, well, why is he bringing that up. Well, because no matter how I've tried to find joy out in the things I've bought and the things that I use, it's fleeting at best. My real joy comes from serving and helping others and bringing joy to their lives. That's where my real joy comes in. Sometimes we make wrong choices and we're disciplined. There's no question about that. And during those times when we're like, I've blown it, praise God, he takes us back. Praise the Lord. He never will leave us or forsake us, though we tend to wonder, like the song says, prone to wonder. But however, it says in Oh, Hebrews chapter 11, looking down towards verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. There's some Mm. hope there that even though you're in that situation of being disciplined, it's going to produce some fruit. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because it ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over. We find people at the shelter here and perhaps our listeners or perhaps ourselves sometimes when we could have done things better. There's room for improvement. And so the Lord doesn't dismiss us, say you're gone, shoot us off the table. He disciplines us. You know, he lets us know if we, if we're quiet, we, we hear from him and say like, you could have done that better. And then we're trained by that. Yes. We turn from our evil ways and then we can strengthen others. But then we're strengthened by that. There's this process that doesn't add up on paper, but that's a celebration too. It is. And you know, Al, it it reminds me of the parable of the prodigal son. I've been prodigal many times in my life, but you know, the beautiful picture is the dad was on the road every day looking for his son and daughter, their return. But the Bible says he didn't stand there with his arms crossed, shaking his head as you were walking over. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around his son. He kissed his son. He dressed his son. And so folks, if you're feeling like, yeah, but I messed up too much, there is no joy for me because God left me. Mm -mm, That's a lie. That's a lie of the devil. Interesting in that story, that young prodigal son, that 
he came to his senses. He was at that point where he would just like squandered the monies. He was real popular for a while. Yeah, there's a little bit of teeny weensy bits of joy or satisfaction in sin, but it's fleeting. It doesn't last. There's consequences. There he is. And then he came to his senses. That's what the word says. Yes. He came to his senses. He realized that oh, in my father's house, the least of them are better off than where I am now. And he goes, I, I know I'll go back and I'll propose to be like a servant servant because the servants at least ate pretty well there. And so that's when he came back. And so that was the setting for that very true picture that you began to open up for our listeners. I love David in Psalm where he talks about how sin can be like a a miry clay, a pit, and it can suck you down and it can trap you down. And then when you cry out to the Lord with a repentive heart, or you come to your senses, as Jesus was explaining, it describes him how he picks you up out of the clay, cleans you off, and sets your feet upon firm ground. Humble ourselves before the Lord and he'll lift you up. Yeah, Psalm 51, I'm thinking, is just, that's probably not the one that you were alluding to, but some of them kind of overlap in what they're talking about. Psalm 51, he had sinned. David blew it, made some huge mistakes. Clearly, you know, he knew. He knew in his heart of hearts that he had blown it. And so, but yet he's like, please, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Cast me not away. He does not do that, but he's just like, please, I just, I feel feel like I'm away. That's yes. what the context, I think, was yes. alluding to, is like, I mm. feel like I'm away from your Holy Spirit. Please restore to me. And then, so he's just pleading with him. And so I believe that that did happen and does happen and will happen, that he restores that joy of our salvation. We get, can get back to basics, begin anew and afresh. There's redos, <laughs> there's reboots Amen. in the Lord's kingdom. So we live because he does. You know, John 14, 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. Boy, is that tough. Mm. But again, we alluded to the episode before this one where you mentioned that joy was a choice. And so Jesus is saying, don't let it be troubled. In other words, you have a choice here. Don't let it be troubled. Trust in me. And that's difficult at best sometimes. But folks, you know, I was sharing with Al, I went through this period where I just didn't feel God and I made the choice, praise him. Even then I sang songs. I still read my Bible. I said, Lord, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you. You told me, Lord, that you would never leave me. You would never forsake me, that you knew the plans you have for my life. I'm going to hang on to these verses. It was almost, it felt like a time of testing out because the old Seth would have run to the world, to the movies, to the music, to whatever to distract myself. So I didn't have to even feel this stuff. But God's like, you know, you're leaning on your own understanding when you do that. If you love the world, you don't love me because nothing good comes from the world. So I need you to trust me. And so I just kept doing it and doing it. And then this beautiful moment. And then I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my time here because it has taught me through serving Christ and serving others. Those are important. It's not about me. I am to trust. I am to grow. I am to let my faith flourish. And because I've done that now, I can go through these times and stay by his grace, praising him, singing and coming out of it without regret and looking back and going, oh, I wish I'd been better. I wish I'd sung or I wish I'd praised. I wish I hadn't turned to the world. I wish I wish I don't have to do that. At least this time around by his grace, I stayed true. And because I stayed true, he means even more to me. That's evidence of a regenerated individual. See, that's Praise the Lord. I mean, that really does happen because so, some of the people that don't know the Lord in a personal way and have that personal relationship, they just they continue to struggle and struggle and struggle and then there's just no hope even. And Mm. so, yes, knowing the Lord, 
it's so different. And we have that hope, you know. I was looking at some verses this week. Paul and Silas, they were going out spreading the word in Acts. They got arrested and thrown in jail. I mm. mean, how unfair was that? Right. And yet they knew the Lord. They had seen his glory. And they, they knew enough that he would never leave them or forsake them. Yet here they are in stocks. They've been beaten and whipped. And at midnight, in the middle of the night, they're just like, well, let's sing some praise songs. Ouch. What drives a person to do that except that the Lord Jesus Christ and the, his mm. Holy Spirit dwelling within them and, a, and knowing, having a relationship with the loving Father? They're singing praises. And an earth, God sent an earthquake, busted them out of jail. The jailer was like, oh, no, everyone's gone. And so they're like, no, what must I do to be saved? That kind of, the, the jailer asked, and they were more than happy to tell him. So they had that experience. Then they go to Thessalonica. And they start preaching, and people are converted. They're like, wow, I've never heard this before, Jews and Greeks. And then they get persecuted again. And they're like, they want to hurt them. And so they have to flee. They don't know if a church really got started. One of the first letters that Paul wrote was to the Thessalonians. So he writes and says, you know what? I want to be there so much, but I can't. But I know I've heard some things. You guys, despite all the suffering and, and persecution and difficult times, you're flourishing. You're, you give me such great joy because I hear about the things you're doing. And that's authentic Christianity, authentic conversions, people that are living the life despite what the situation actually is. And I likened it to here at the shelter, too. Hmm. When I hear about the stuff that goes on here at the shelter, I was like, that just is such a joy because there are people that whose lives have been turned around and not everyone, you know, it's a tough, tough frontline kind of ministry we're in, but there's such so many good reports that we hear. And Pastor Richard Berry's four books could have written a lot more. Hopefully he does, Lord willing. But there's some stories that are outlined in there that just like, wow, there's hope. We keep on keeping on. So proud of the ministry here and the many, many people. I'm sure some people listening to this very podcast have contributed in some way yes. to the shelter, either by giving something, money, or time. What What is one of the big deterrents to joy? Well, loneliness. And I find that Paul, in many of his letters, had written like, I find great joy in the things I hear of you. You know, And so sharing testimonies with each other, Alec, about God's power, edifying the saints, as the Bible calls calls us to pray for one another, lift each other up, because God is the lifter of chins. He loves you so much. If we could only see it, if we would open our eyes to the things that God does, that Jesus Christ does through people, we are his hands and feet. And sometimes, you know, you'll be down. And sometimes just a kind word or a prayer or a phone call or, hey, let me tell you what God did for me this week. And then you start to remember God's spirit and the way that we're working together and the way things are changing. Because it's easy to get tied up in the negative stuff. But Jesus wants us to rejoice because our Father watches over us. I love that episode. I referred to it already, I think, last podcast. Terry, and, mm -hmm. and how he said that he came to a point where he didn't know what it was he was going to do. And his seasonal business had dried up, and he had been working with the water rafting companies here in Maine, and he did not know what he was going to do. He had a little bit of money left, and then, like as he said, he got a motel room, and then that for a couple days, and then he just talked to the Lord and said, Lord, what am I going to do? I don't know what, what's going to happen now, and so on and so forth. And he happened to go over get a meal at a local supermarket and saw the Shelters by Jesus van. Not a coincidence. That 
that was fairly serendipitous. God orchestrated a neat thing. Talked to Traveling Dave there, the Traveling Man, and said like, uh, well, so what's this all about? And so uh, I really encourage our listeners to l- listen back to that one. But what's this all about? Shelters by Jesus. And he goes, oh, it's, we, it's a shelter where you, homeless shelter, you can go. And he's like, how much does it cost to stay there? And he's like, doesn't cost anything. And you just come over and this is really good. I, I'm really happy. The simple things, and he's happy to be warm, fed, and sheltered. Praise Jesus. And then, yes, and then Jesus is preached here too. Amen. And he said, this is like the Lord opened that door. And so he's very thankful. So it is with the believer who has experienced that being rescued. He is the kinsman redeemer. I read, I, you know, I taught on that in the book of Ruth. And so, yes, there was a kinsman redeemer there in the form of Boaz, son of Rahab and Salmon. Mm-hmm. So from Jericho there. And so God used that. And now there's the great, great grandfather of King David in the line of Judah that would then produce our Jesus Lord Christ. and Savior. Yeah. And so, wow, these things that happen, it's just, we can celebrate that. I celebrate those great stories of the Bible too. Well, have we run out of another episode? We have, but we have one more very special episode coming up. Praise the Lord. I yeah. pray, Lord, that you were high and lifted up through this podcast today. Yes. And may this uh, podcast bring joy and peace to others in your name. Yes. And Lord, may you touch that person that's listening now. Please be very real to them. And, mm. and thank you for your gentleness that leads to repentance and your kindness. May it be so with that one listener or two listeners or multitude of listeners, Lord, that you would just restore to them that joy, to know your joy. So we can celebrate that, mm. that you're working even in the future too. You're outside of time. So thank you, God, for this episode. Well, friends, <laughs> again, thank you for making us part of your day. We trust that you've been blessed. You can be part of this ministry. We'd love to have you partake of it. You can contact us by writing us at Shelters by Jesus, 12 McClellan Street, Skowhegan, Maine, 04976. Contact us at area code 207-474-8833. You can find out more at sheltersbyjesus.com. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you, give you peace, be gracious towards you, lift you up. Seth, it's been kind of fun, hasn't it? Oh, it's been wonderful. I love talking about joy. Who doesn't? Amen. Amen.